If you would, please turn your Bible to... Uh, I want to start this. Uh, it's got several portions of Scripture I want to go to. But I want to start in Acts chapter 1 and verse 9. And then find Luke 24. And we'll go there. Wait, broke the wagon down. Acts chapter 1, verse 9. I want to start there, please. I want to talk to you about the ascension of Jesus Christ. We don't make enough out of that. That's one of the great doctrines of the Scriptures is the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, if you would, please, uh, uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 9. And when he had spoken these things, while he beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. They returned, then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olive, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. Now turn with me please to John, John chapter 24, and I want to begin to read in verse 36. John 24, I mean Luke chapter 24, yeah, I'll get it right in a minute. Luke chapter 24 in verse 36. And as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and saith to them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted and supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he said unto them, Why are you troubled? Why do your thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Handle me and see. For a spirit had not flesh and bones as you see me have. And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while he yet believed not for joy and wondered, he said unto them, Have you here any meat? And they gave him a piece of a broiled fish and of a honeycomb. And he took it and did eat before them. And he said unto them, these are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses, and in the prophets, and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened ye their understanding, that they might understand the Scriptures, and said unto them, Thus it is written, Thus it behooves Christ to suffer, and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be priests in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem and you are of these are you are witness of these things and behold I send the promise of my father upon you but tell ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high and he led them out as far as to Bethany and lifted up his hands and blessed them and it came to pass while he blessed them he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in a temple praising and blessing God. Amen. 
Father, bless the reading and study of thy word to each of our hearts now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I was reading this today especially. I don't know how many times I've read it and studied And I like to run references on the scriptures and go get them all together and sit down and look at them sometime. And when it comes to subjects like this. But in Luke chapter 24, verse 51, it came to pass while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. It's so strange. Some people say, where is heaven? I don't know, but I do know it's up. Because it just said so. Now, there are seven great events in the earthly ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ. There was his miraculous birth, miraculous birth. Jesus was born of a virgin without an earthly father. That there was the incarnation, Jesus' tabernacle, in deity within the confines of a little baby boy. In Luke chapter 2, verse 11, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Then there's this vicarious atoning death upon the cross of Calvary. Romans 5, verse 6, For when we yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. That's his death on the cross. Then there's his glorious triumphant resurrection out of the grave. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 20, But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the firstfruits of them that slept. Then there's his ascension of Jesus Christ where we're at tonight in Luke 24, verse 51. Then there's the second coming of Christ, Revelation 1, verse 7, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindred of us shall wail because of him. Then there's the transfiguration of Jesus Christ, Matthew 17, verse 2, and was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. Then you have what we, uh, the baptism of the Lord, the immersion, by the way, if you read Matthew 3, verse 16, uh, people said, How, what mode uh, is scriptural baptism? You'll never see uh, sprinkling or so on in the Bible. It's always immersion. That means you go under. And Jesus was immersed. So that's a Bible doctrine. That's a doctrine that's very important also. Now the ascension of Christ is mentioned in four of the five books of the Bible. In the New Testament. Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. Now why was the ascension of Christ so important that God the Father would record this event in all four books. Number one, the ascension of Christ speaks of the finished work of redemption. Mark chapter 16, verse 19, he was received up into heaven. And Hebrews 1, verse 3, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Notice the word sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. It speaks of something Jesus had finished. Now, if you go back in the Old Testament, take all the sacrifices, take all the ordinances, the tabernacle in the temple of Solomon, the Holy of Holies, the priests, 
the sin offerings, the lamb, the rams, the bugs slain, the table of showbread, manna from heaven, the brazen serpent. All the Old Testament types and figures all point to the coming Christ, the Lamb of God. But study the tabernacle, the outer court, the inner court, the Holy of Holies, the tables of all kinds, and the tools the priests use, the flesh hooks, the shovels, the fireplaces, and you'll never find a chair there. The priests never sit down. Now, he continued to sprinkle blood year by year. He would go beyond the veil, out of sight of the people, sprinkle blood upon the mercy seat, but he never sat down. When Jesus our Lord died on the cross, he cried with a loud voice, It is finished. What's finished? All that those Old Testament saints looked forward to was finished. All that you and I need for our salvation today is finished. The blood upon the mercy seat could only cover sin. But Jesus' blood takes away sin once and forever. You know what I like about being saved under grace? John 1 verse 29. Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. Amen? He didn't just cover it. He removed our sin as far as the east is from the west. The psalm says he blotted them out as a thick cloud. He puts them behind his back. He has forgotten my sins. I laughed at uh, I was listening to Dr. Harold Seidler uh, preach a sermon one time. and He said a man came up to him and said, Pastor, I don't know if God can forgive me. And he mentioned some sin uh, that he had committed after he had gotten saved and and I, Dr. Harold Seidler said, uh, uh, buddy, what you don't understand is if you take your sins to God like that, Lord, forgive me and save me for my sins. After you get saved, God's going to say to you, what are you talking about? God don't even remember that. He's promised us he didn't know that. Now, salvation is not something you do. Salvation is something that Jesus has already done for you. Your sin debt has been paid. The penalty of sin is finished. Now the ascension of Jesus back in the presence of the Father shows he set down his work of redemption is finished, number one. Number two, the ascension of Christ is a constant work of intercession. Jesus is still at work. He's seated on the right hand of the Father right now for you and I. Someone may say, like I said before I got saved, if I knew that Jesus could save me today and keep me saved, I'd get saved today. But I want to show you something now. Throw away in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10. I want to begin to read in verse 10. By the which will, we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering all times the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, talking about Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins, forever sat down on the right hand of God, from henceforth expected till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. Wab, the Holy Ghost, also is a witness to us. For after that he had said before, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. 
I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. And their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. Now where remission of these is, there's no more offering for sin. Now, you know what all of that is saying? Once you're saved, you're always saved. Just that simple. I, I, I've had that thrown in my face as a Baptist. You Baptists believe once saved, always saved. I said, I don't believe that because I'm a Baptist. I believe that because I'm a Bible man. The Bible says once saved, always saved. Notice what it says in verse 18. Now where remission of these, there's no more offering for sin. Jesus only died once. And if you can lose your salvation, you'd have to come back and get all... Uh, he'd have to go to the cross and die for you again. He's not going to do it. He died once. Now, John chapter 2, verse 1 says, My little children, these things write unto you, that's Christians, my little children, that you sin not. And if any man sin, so it's possible. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. An advocate is simply a lawyer. Jesus is there before the God, the Holy God in heaven just for me and you right now, seated there, and He's seated there in authority, and He pleads our case daily. The devil accuses us every day. I make mistakes, you make mistakes, I don't care what you do, you might be the sweetest Christian in town, but you still got the flesh to contend with. And we're in a battle all the time, and we slip up and do things we ought not to, but Jesus says He's covered. Amen? Now I thank God I'm saved by I'm not saved by my lie, nor or anybody else. Romans chapter five verse ten. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more being reconciled we shall be saved by His life. Now Jesus is alive, Amen. Now is Christ giving His life upon the cross of Calvary for our sins? a finished work that you and I can be saved by if you get saved at all. Now, I was reading a little thing. I know I've read it to you before a long time in the past, but I'd like to read this little thing Dr. Bob Jones Sr. told this story. On a Pullman car, on a train one night, a man walked the aisles most of the evening with a crying child. About two or three o'clock in the morning, a man stuck his head out of the berth and hollered very loudly and bluntly, Stop that child from crying. Give it to its mother. Yet the man continued to pace up and down the aisle with the crying little baby in his arms. He walked to where the man had parted the curtain of his berth and very tenderly and politely and with big tears rolling down his face said, Sir, I wish to God I could give her to her mother. But you see, sir, the little child's mother, my good wife, is in the baggage car in her casket. We're taking the little child and her mother back home to be buried. I'd give anything in the world if I could give the child back to her mother. In a moment, there came, climbing out of another berth, a man had put his robe and slippers on. He walked up to the man, reached out his arms and said, Go get some rest. Let me walk the aisle with your child, this motherless baby. For a few years ago, one dark death came and took the mother of my children, the wife of my life. I knew what it means. I know what it means. I have been mother and dad to my little children, 
and I know what it means to have a child weep for a mother. Let me care. I understand. Now, the reason that I wanted to read that little story is simply because Jesus is seated on the right hand of the Father. You know what's so important about that? He understands us. Now, my wife not might understand me. My children might not understand me. The best friends I got on this earth might not understand me. But Jesus understands me. You know why? He's been through it. He's been through everything that me and you could possibly go through. The Bible said no man ever suffered like the Lord Jesus. And what is so important is that Jesus is seated on the right hand of the Father right now, and we have one seated there by the Holy Father that knows you and I and understands us. Mark chapter 16, verse 19. He was received up into heaven and sat down on the right hand of God. Now, He is our advocate. He's our lawyer. He looks down on every single Christian. He knows every tear you shed. He knows your heartache. He knows your temptations. And I thank God we have a great high priest seated in the heavens. And by the way, he's the only high priest. There's not any priest today. I had a man come here a while back to church, and he came to me after church. He said, Father, and he started talking to me that I was his father. I said, I ain't your father. I'm just an old-fashioned preacher. Amen. The Bible says, Call no man father but my father in heaven. And, and it's very important you understand that. There is nobody can be an advocate for you between the Holy God and sinful man but one, the Lord Jesus Christ. And He's seated there right now and He welcomes you. And somebody said, Aren't you afraid to approach the throne of God? No, because the Hebrews said, Let us come boldly. Why should how can I go boldly as a sinner before a holy God that could snuff me out just by speaking a word? How can I take the privilege of that? Because I know I'm took care of. I'm protected. I'm in His hand. Nothing can take me. I thank God for verse John 1, 9. One of the simplest verses in the Bible, but so true. If you'll confess your sins, He is faithful and just to forgive your sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. I love that verse. Jesus not only died to save us from our sins, He lives at the right hand of God the Father to keep us saved. And like I was reading Sunday, Romans chapter 8, verse 35 through 39 says, Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Amen? Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Now, I deal with people, and I myself go through time in this life, that people don't understand and it seems like uh, that we just can't handle it and we seem like why is this happening to me and we can we can throw everything up in the face of God why did you do this to me and why is this happening no Jesus loves you and he understands you he knows what you're going through and he says come unto me amen and if there's one thing Sometimes I lay at night and I can't sleep. I, I guess I'm getting insomnia. What it is. I don't worry. I just think about things. I think about catching the biggest bass in the lake. I think I, I spent the other night uh, winning people to Christ all night. I mean, I just I thought about people that I've won to Christ and rejoicing in the times that I had with people in their homes and things. And just uh, and I found if I read my Bible a few minutes, then I can go to sleep. 
but I, I have a time going to sleep. I sit there sometimes, and the old devil will put in. And he'll throw things in your life. They used to do a long time ago. Had nothing to do with today. And one of the, I'll never forget Dr. Curtis Hudson sitting up here, one of the greatest men of God I've ever been around. One of the greatest soul winners. And if it was a man that I looked up to in a spiritual realm, it would be him. And he was sitting here getting ready to preach. He looked over at me and he said, Brother Strong, do you ever sit here on the pulpit and the old devil passes before you things that you used to do and reminds you that you ain't nothing but a sinner? That's all the time. All the time. But you have to tell the devil to go home, leave you alone, that you're a child of God and I'm the winner. I listened to an old country song the other day. I laughed. I, I was turning the radio and I come across a song. I thought that was the funniest thing I ever did. I'm a winner. He's a guy come up to him uh, in a bar, I guess it was, or something. He, he said, he, this man he come up to is the meanest guy in town. He said, I think I can whip you. And the big old guy, he turned around, he had a tooth missing. He said, yeah, I got in a fight. And I beat this guy up pretty good, but he knocked several of my teeth out, but I'm the winner. And he went on and he talked about a guy breaking his arm in a fight and what all bad things he done to him, but he says, I'm the winner. And he said, he, and I got the woman I was looking for from a guy that, uh, you know, stole his wife away, but boy, she's a mess now, but I'm the winner. And I went on, I listened to that crazy thing, and I laughed so hard I couldn't keep straight up. And I got to thinking, as I was studying this sermon, I'm the winner. Amen. I know I've done some crazy things, and I'm, I wish I hadn't have done and said things, and, and God knows my heart. I want to be like Him. And the devil can remind me all he wants to, but I'm the winner. You know why? I got one seat on the right hand of the Father right now that knows me. He knows everything about it. I can't hide from Him. I laugh at people trying to hide their sins from God. You can't hide from God. Amen. He looks down from heaven. He knows everything about you. And so you might as well be honest with Him. Pray with me. Father, thank You so much for being here tonight with Your people. And I pray, Lord, that you will bless us. Help us to understand there's nothing like being saved by your grace and knowing it. No matter what happens to me, I'll see you in a little bit. I'm going to heaven one of these days. And I want to take everyone I can with me. Bless us, we pray now. In Jesus' name, amen.